Investing Podcast Series Building an Effective Compensation Strategy Welcome to this podcast. Today we'll be focusing on building an effective compensation strategy. I've always believed in a win-win philosophy, not just with clients and in negotiations, but also in working with the team around me. With your employees, there's a tendency to focus mainly on the bottom line, being efficient, and generating returns. However, it's just as important to invest back in your team and encourage and appreciate them for the hard work they do. I would like to share with you some of the approaches I have used throughout my career. The first approach is incentive compensation. Incentive compensation is something I have always believed in. I have put together many compensation plans and bonus schedules over the years, with one of the primary goals being to direct the individual where I need them focused. I align the plan with the area of focus and reward them consistently based on how they are performing. Compensation is not only about incentivizing, but helping center your team on areas you need them aligned to ensure success on their part and the company's part. Modeling a proposed compensation plan is important, and it should be done, including multiple assumptions. Model it for all your different performers, from the star performer to the ones who don't produce enough. Utilize a sliding scale that is appropriate for the different levels in various employees and commensurate with the contribution they are making. When you can see how their performance affects the company, it is easy to compensate them accordingly. Modeling helps you confirm that what you pay them is compensatory for the performance you are receiving. Incentive compensation plans are generally detailed and somewhat complicated to understand. Once completed, I share with each individual the details of the plan and make sure they understand it fully. If they don't understand it, they will not be motivated to achieve everything you want. It needs to be made clear what they are aiming for and what they can expect in return. Then I provide a written copy so it is available for reference and clarification when needed. You want the individual to own it, invest in it, and make the goals important to them too. At the end of the year, we then refer back to the document and I show them how they scored on their performance and ultimately how we calculated their bonus. When done this way, I found everyone walks away very satisfied. It's hard enough to be a success. Don't make it harder by surrounding yourself with a team who is pulling in different directions. All compensation plans are confidential. It is critical that it remains that way and is shared only between a team member and their immediate supervisor. Compensation plans factor in several key areas of performance. One key area that is important and I value highly is attitude. I compensate for attitude. If someone has a good attitude, they elevate the performance of those around them. If someone has a bad attitude, they bring the team down and make it difficult to work. A second approach I often use is profit sharing and a performance bonus scoring grid. Everybody in my company has always benefited from profit sharing regardless of if they had a direct impact on profits. I believe each one contributed to the company's success and as such should share in the profits based on their contribution. For most, it was a discretionary bonus while others received some compensation based on individual performance and their position. The profit sharing was based on a formula I created and improved over the years. One formula I used creates a percentage of each team member's annual compensation, and this becomes their bonus. The benefit of doing it as a percent of compensation 
is it properly weighs the bonus based on the job they're doing, the experience they brought, and their performance. I've included a handout titled Profit Sharing Performance Bonus Scoring Grid, which shows the formula we use to calculate one's percentage. Please refer to it as we continue. There are four sections on the grid, A, B, C, and D. To start with, Section A defines the individual's contribution level as determined by their job responsibilities. This section is based on each position, and the scale ranges between 8 and 50. A position would be assigned a score based on its impact on the company's success. In the example, this position was considered a 26. Then we have the weigh-in factor of 4. The score is multiplied by 4, and its weight increases 4 times. You do not have to include the weigh-in. Section B is the quality of an individual's performance, resulting in a reduction of the company's risk. Being in the mortgage lending business, risk was a big factor for us, and this score ranged from 1 to 10, 1 being outstanding performance and 10 being unsatisfactory. If you look to the bottom of the grid, you see a multiplication of A, C, and D scores to get a large number. Since risk was our underlying issue, that large number is then divided by B, which is the risk score. In the risk world, you wanted to score a 1. If you were doing a great job helping us manage risk and you scored a 1, then your large number was divided by 1, and it remained a large number. However, if you did not perform well with risk and scored a 7, then your large number was divided by 7 and was reduced considerably. To score close to a 1 on risk, an individual would need to best manage the risk they are responsible for. Section C also has a 1 to 10 rating based on six different factors, namely overall individual performance, customer-investor relations, attendance, team spirit, attitude, and timely performance. On this scale, 1 is unsatisfactory and 10 is outstanding. Section D looks at an individual's productive output, in other words, how well they are doing their job. This becomes especially useful when you have various people in the same position. One may double their output, and another achieves what they are required to. In this section, one gets rewarded for being highly productive in their job. The last stage is the formula at the bottom, which calculates each individual's performance bonus score. Multiply the score for A by the score for C by the score for D, and divide that total by the score for B. In the example, the final score is 27,456. This score is calculated for every individual in the organization, and then we add up everyone's score. If the total of everyone's score comes to a million or more, then you determine a person's percentage share of the profit pool for the total one million. In this case, that is 0.027% of the total profit pool they received. When calculated this way, the entire profit pool is accurately distributed. Each team member would get a copy of their performance scoring grid, and it would be discussed in detail with them to ensure they clearly understood their score and how to improve on it. This scoring grid may be more detailed than most companies would want. However, we based it on factors that we considered essential to performance and made it clear to the team what they should focus on to earn a larger portion of the overall profit. When the company performed well and there were large bonuses to pay out to the sales team, I included a delay component in a portion of the payment, 
as I wanted to avoid someone waiting for the big payday and then resigning a month later. At Bankers Mutual, I later created an opportunity where if your performance attained a certain level, you could start to participate in the annuity that you built. This excited the team as they knew they were in a company that had a long-term goal and understood if they grew the profit to a certain level, they reaped those rewards. This annuity was available for as long as you worked in the organization. Once we got it going, it helped increase the longevity in our relationship with the team members, and we had even fewer resignations. It was another win-win scenario for everyone. A third approach that I found to be useful is an annual bonus program. I still apply this principle today to run Servants Heart Foundation and our family investments. Both Servants Heart and my family have investment portfolios. The foundation portfolio funds all our nonprofit work, and we give away the profits made from the portfolio along with the principal. Our family investment portfolio is what supports us and is run by the president of our family office. Nobody on our team currently has anything to do with the return on the portfolio. Their roles mainly are to support our granting to Christian ministries around the world. We therefore came up with a win-together-or-lose-together formula. If we get less than a 4% return on our portfolio, the team scores a zero. If we earn a 10% return on our portfolio, then everyone receives 10% of their salary in a bonus. Getting a 10% return on our portfolio is a big win, and receiving a 10% bonus on salary is also a big win. The majority of the people I work with have received the maximum 2% bonus for attitude. Those who scored less were quickly able to change as they received clarity on what was required of them. It's important to note if you just incentivize volume and don't pay attention to margins, then you can end up in trouble. Be sure to model out all possible scenarios and test what bonuses are paid out when certain margins are reached. So if a certain margin is attained, then bonuses go up. If a minimum margin is not hit, then bonuses go down. Modeling it out ensures you have a steady guide, as you don't want to keep shifting goals for your compensation program. A fourth approach is discounted stock ownership. I've always liked the idea of a discounted stock approach, where an individual earns the right to invest in the company based on the contribution and how long they have been with the organization. At Bankers Mutual, I gave my top executives a large discount and allowed them to buy into the company. We were in the lending business, and our loan committee made lending decisions. I decided I wanted my top executives, who were the members of the loan committee, to share in the risk of our loan portfolio. Therefore, I modeled it out and created an opportunity for them to buy into ownership at a 70% discount. For example, if a share of stock was worth $1, they could buy it for $0.30. Cents. At that point, they had been with the company for about 10 years and were critical to its growth, so it made sense and was right to bring them in at such a discount. However, they had to pay the 30% with their own money. Their contribution to buying their ownership piece became as valuable to them as my share of the company was to me. When it then came to making decisions on loans, their perspective changed as the future value of their investment was factored in. Here's a few action points you can take away from our podcast today. When it comes to your organization, here are a few questions to consider. 1. Does everyone on your team participate in the success you achieve together? 2. How do you avoid situations where some members are winning and others are losing? 3. Are there scenarios you can think of where the company won and team members lost? 
or vice versa? I've found that when you look for the win-win scenario, it pushes everyone to pursue the same goal. When you are on different sides, it becomes harder to keep everyone focused and united. Consider how you can create a win-win environment for your team by building a bonus structure that rewards every individual for their participation, sacrifice, and service in advancing the company's business plan. Money does not need to be a main motivator, but everyone appreciates being acknowledged and rewarded for their service. It's not only the right thing to do, but the wise thing to do. Thanks for listening. You know, one of our values is good information is shared with a friend. Please take the time to think of your friends, men or women, who might benefit from this blog. You can introduce the blog to them by sharing the post using the various sharing links or by sharing the podcast by clicking the share link on the top left corner of the audio link. As you begin to follow my blog and pursue opportunity for growth, it is helpful to do an assessment on various topics of life. If you haven't already, I encourage you to click on the link and take the current life conditions assessment. I believe it would be helpful to take this assessment annually and revisit how you are growing in life.